real problem with something that doesn't go my way. I mean, like I think it's like psychological. Like you remember when I cried because they ran out of cheese? Like I was really about to just like throw that fucking microphone through a window right now. Yes, that was that that cheese incident. That was a accumulation. There was a lot of things working against you on that weekend. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 251 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at it may be sportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandon. And with me, as always, playing through that high ankle fame. Most awesome. Ooh, that's right. It's a little tough out here with my body. You know, I, I put myself through the rigors of the offseason and, and podcasting to get in shape. And then once you're in a playoff run, you really fucking you really got to step up and just make sure your body's tight. And mine is tis tight. My body is so nice right now. What's happening, brother? What's up, bro? OK, so we just had a little technical difficulty, which is because we got a guest on the pod today. We and do. You know, I don't like when things go a little sideways. I don't feel like I'm in my focus in my zone. Mm-mm. No, you're not. We're going to play through pain. Yeah. There's only so many times when we're doing our technical difficulties where I could ask you, it's just like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And eventually you're just like, I can't hear you. Take an hour, hour of my day, figure out what's going on on your end. But we're here. We're doing it. We're playing through it. How was your weekend, bro? It was good, bro. It was, it was very good. Kids are kids are great. Dr. Mr. The Commission is great. Everyone's great, brother. And uh, we had some very, we'll get into it in the rip segment, but. I felt like so we had some pretty good, uh, pretty good games, pretty good yeah. football games. Yeah, I think so. But you know what? No further ado. Let's jump into it, guys. We got a jam-packed episode two fifty one, guys. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing NFL divisional playoff round. We're doing guests. We have Anthony who's going to pop on the pod, first time guest. Going to do Mavstradamus. Going to talk about the San Francisco QB situation. Going to hit a couple of emails from the inbox. Diapotson Showdown. Anthony's going to surprise us with something. Brandon to Gambling Corner. For the first time this season, I'm going to give a lock. The AFC Championship Week. A bet you got to get in. Then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Talking the playoff divisional round. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Ooh, baby. We had we had some we had some feisty activities here in the divisional round. Is that what they're calling it? We're not calling yeah. it the Super Week, so, Super yeah. Weekend Division Round. Oh, yeah. We're dropping Conference Champ. Yeah, no more Super anymore. We're dropping all that Conference Champ. This is just Divisional Round is what they call it, which kind of makes sense, right? Because it's supposed to be, if anything hap- everything happened correctly on paper, the wildcard teams would be done, and we have like one, four division, two, three division. Mm-hmm. Going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. But they do reseed it. In case anybody forgets, like it does reseed where the best team gets to go against the- An important note. An important note. I think that's is, yeah. that's that's the right thing to do. Yeah, because people get a little spoiled or they, they just think bracket and they see a bracket and it's just like everything moves forward. Like this isn't really, it's not really a bracket. It's just like the mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so jump into the first game was Jacksonville Jaguars and the KC Chiefs. 
Uh, Casey walks away with this winning 27 to 20. Uh, the big scary moment, especially if you had the Chiefs money line. Mahomes went down with his, what we later found out was a high ankle sprain. Uh, When that happened, did you think the Jags had a chance in this? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was definitely a a, a big moment, you know, toward the end of the second quarter right there where he goes down. So you've got, I think it was what, at that time it was 10, seven at that time. Yes. 10, seven when he goes down. So this is like trending to if if you're a KC fan, you're panicked because like your season has literally gotten rolled over by fucking Arden Key on you know Mahomes' ankle. So then, you know, but Chad Henney, Michigan man, shout out Michigan man, what up, Chad Henney? What up, Hen? What up, Hen Dog? What, what up? What up, Hen Dog? Hanny time. He comes I mean, in. Yeah, it looks like fucking much- old pro. Fucking I mean, solid. leads him down. Huge drive, ninety-eight yard drive. Fucking leads him down the field. It's exactly what you want from your backup QB. You want to be walking there in that position. You know, uh, Chan Hitty, like starter in Miami, won the starting position when, uh, or is fighting for it at least against Bortles, who ended up not being, you know, uh, the replacement of Jacksonville. Comes in there and I, it's just a gigantic drive, and we're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense being world stoppers, but that is a tough position in the yeah. playoffs. And I mean, you can't get much further than back in your in, own end zone. A couple big third down conversions. There was one that, you know, he did complete it to Kelsey. Uh, I think it was like a third and three throws it for one yard. Kelsey breaks through and then also gets that roughing the passer penalty on top, which is 15. So he ended up throwing for like 23 yards on it. But the important thing that was just like kept the composure understood the offense i think we need to give a little bit more credit to backup quarterbacks they're not just phoning it in where it's just like patrick mahomes like world beater not going to go down so i don't have to worry about this like look competent knew what he was doing didn't get the happy feet uh and then that was a big touchdown because you know if they end up going three and out and punt only up you know the three points or uh seven what would you say it was, no, it was three is it was 10 seven yeah, at that point 10, seven, yeah and if they punt jacksonville is getting the ball around midfield and then you know this team game has a different vibe to it there are two big plays right so that drives huge so you got to be that's huge and i am Mahomes. there was that um that throw to kirk that he dropped kind yes. of uh which which was big i mean you just see and i think that would have kind of- shifted that would have shifted the mood of the game entirely because we really hadn't seen a ton of big plays like even the chiefs were kind of dinking and dunking they had some good decent runs but nothing like oh, this team is like fucking cooking. But that would have, I felt, flipped the energy of that game. And yeah, drop. It was a tough catch, but still hit his hands. Like, I think I think you he make that catch it. seven out of ten times. Yeah, it's one of those weird drops where uh, it looks like probably the path of the ball is going to get kind of fucked up and it doesn't. So it just like, it kind of <laughs> like ends up in your hands directly on the flight path. And you're like, how right. did it get here? And it just kind of wasn't to pull it in. But I agree because we didn't really see uh, Trevor Lawrence go airmail like that again after that and it just would have been i think it would have been a little bit of a panic of just like you know especially with henny and like the chiefs aren't going to be able to get a safe lead in this game yeah kind of did change and the other big thing was uh to me was on the play was the kick return you know when the chiefs i think uh, was at the third quarter when butker actually like is the last guy to tackle him like with his face mask and he goes down yes because he's yes. down by 10, but he gets if he returns that and he's just got to get past, and he is kind of past Butker, but Butker kind of like throws himself on his legs. If he goes yeah. in, then the Jacksonville Jaguars are down, you know, just down by three. So there's a couple times and, where it 
been. Yeah, and that was Agnew too, who had that kind of key fumble in the red zone. He was the returner. Yeah. He filled in. I think he was actually filling in for Kirk because Kirk got dinged up a couple series or a couple plays earlier. And so he was, he, so I think he was filling in because he's like their fifth wide receiver, fourth wide receiver, and was like, all right, in this play. And man, that was a tough fumble in the goal in the red zone, too. Yeah, that was really bad. So this kind of turned it from there. So it didn't feel, especially when, you know, Mahomes got back in there, it, it didn't feel like it was in jeopardy, but it felt like, you know, a couple half plays away from that game really having a vibe where it's just like, shit, is Jacksonville going to go in here and like sneak out of arrowhead with a win, which would have been, you know, really changed the pace a game, not nearly as exciting. The game that was over approximately about five and a half minutes into it. Uh, Giants and Eagles Eagles take care of business. 38, seven jump off to a speedy 14, nothing lead with the Giants going for it on a fourth down uh, just on their side of the field. You think that going for it on fourth down is just like, shit we're playing the eagles or is it like because i've heard a couple different things and i think more like it was and this point was brought up to you which i want to see your take on it let's just go to the second point first and work our way backwards giants win the coin flip and defer do you agree when you're just playing like the high number one seed you know your wildcard team even though you beat like a like kind of a shitty divisional winner in the vikings where defer is a little bit more of a we're on equal footing and maybe if a team is slightly better than you in most all categories like give us the football because the last thing we want to do is fall behind like 14 nothing yeah it's interesting i i've always thought belichick always defers and and i've always thought this because and, and a lot of teams that i've seen more and more defer because like you, we've talked about in like the two for one in basketball Right. Yep. When you're at like 37 seconds, I can squeeze a second possession out of here. The defer is like if I get it in the way the game flow, I'm probably going to have a possession toward the end of that of the first half and then get the ball back right at the second half. Like I'm I believe in that. I'm a big fan of like starting on that, having a possession. That's a good point. Yep. You know what I mean? So I think like because I even think. I feel like everybody defers now. I feel like when we came up as kids, like everybody's just like, yeah, give us the ball. And everybody's like deferring. Cause it's, you know, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I get that. Cause you have a bigger chance of keeping a team off the field for a longer and offense off the field for a longer portion of time. If you defer, cause you can, you know, time out the end of that second half start a and third. They, and they did have a possession. Granted it was 43 seconds left in the second half, but I mean, the way the game flow is, you know, they could have, you know, a couple plays, if they manage their timeouts right, they're in field goal possession. Now you're just hanging 10 real quickly on the board. So I was like, well, let me look at this just to make sure. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty sure they had it right close to the end of it, but they much like most of their drives, they went three and out and that was fucking it. <laughs> I was like, it didn't, it didn't matter. Uh, I mean, so are we, is the needle going back a little closer to where it needs to be with Danny dimes or is this still kind of the future for the giants? Well, he faced, a, I mean, this is a really good team. I mean, this is like, I shouldn't, we should not take away on Danny Dimes for this loss so much. Dable did some great stuff with them. They really had nothing offensively except for Barkley. And even the defense wasn't like, you know, fucking world beaters. They snuck up on a lot of people. So it'll be interesting to see because now I think, you know, I don't think that they gave him their fifth year option. So I, I, I think that they're kind of like, oh, they did? They did not. They did not, right. So now they're in this position. It's like, oh, well, 
maybe we you know almost i wish we could have picked that up because now we're now we're in a position to like what are we going to do now they're probably getting rid of kenny galladay and they're probably getting rid of a couple other players that you know are are making lots of money um doing that so it's like it's just gonna... uh, yeah I, I like this because it's a couple styles right it's just if you have a like a running quarterback in Danny Dimes and you have you know Saquon Barkley, but you just can't keep up with a high octane offense, then it's just like your weapons don't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's like you're showing up to a tidal wave fight with like a squirt gun. It's just like all right, well now this is just like all canceled out because now I got to score points quickly, and our offense isn't built to do that. Like their offense is built to do what they did against the Vikings, which is go blow for blow against an offense. They can at least like slow down and then totally pick apart a defense and just control possessions. Yeah, exactly. Like, are they going to side to like pay him 31 million bucks this year? Like that's, I think that that's going to be, have to be in that range. Like, man, what a chasm, you know. right? Like right now it's either like you have completely overpaid, mediocre quarterbacks. Like you have in Kirk cousins you have rookies that you're just trying to win a championship with in like those first four years to get it done before, you know, you like your salary cap just gets devastated or you just have like completely dumpster fire, like bargain you got and like, you know, a, like a Nick Foles and you're just like crossing right. your fingers and hoping to like make it to the wild card round or draft next year, I guess. It's just like, it's so interesting just how those like there's just not a real tier system. Like it's just, it really does feel like you've got to get that rookie quarterback and just sprint to like sprint to yeah. make yourself a contender to get some free agents to take a cut and have like a nice little three year window that overlaps with that quarterback's like third, fourth and fifth year. I think that's why we're going to see, like, I know we've talked a lot about like younger quarterbacks and the Zach Wilson's and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence's like, I I think like this this model, this structure that you're describing is going to make it so that more and more teams are going to pick and reach on quarterbacks earlier and earlier in the first round. Twofold. One, they can get that fifth-year option as a first-round pick and still potentially pay under market value of where some of those quarterbacks are going to be at. But then, like you said, if I do have a diamond in the rough, if I get a Josh Allen, if I get a Pat Mahomes, I now can like, I will know immediately and I'm going to try and work to lock that up and build my franchise around it while I've got that window of like cap, you know, flexibility where I didn't have to spend 45 million bucks on my quarterback to get it done. I only have to spend like 9 million bucks to get it done. Cause you're paying him a little earlier. Yeah. You're just paying, you're paying him at a less rate and the, the rookie wage scale is so structured that it doesn't matter. Whereas before, like before the rookie wage scale came out, Matt Stafford would come in and be the highest paid quarterback in the league just because yeah. the NFL agents had such like leverage in that position. Now they don't. And so it's like, all right, we'll, we'll draft you early. So that's why we're seeing like more and more guys, like four and five guys getting drafted quarterbacks getting drafted in the first round because the values in the fifth year option. And the value is, is if we get a stud, like he's going to way exceed his value, probably greater than any other single position at in football, right? So what is Mahomes' fat deal? Is that just backloaded? Is it his deal for like 10 years or something? 
yeah, it's backloaded and it's stretched out, and there's a lot of other like contingencies in there. So they're trying it's, to get two more championships in the next four years, and then they'll just yes. drop off. And they signed they signed him way earlier than they needed to. Like in a position like Danny Dimes, like you could sit there and string it out, and maybe he comes together. You know what I mean? Or like um, uh, like a like a Herbert, right? Like all right, well maybe we see we've got something we know we've got him. Like we don't have to pay him anything right now. But if we can build around, we can find some other pieces. Maybe we can unlock what we think we have. And then conversely, you get a guy like Zach Wilson and you're like, this guy isn't the dude. We can get rid of him and not set our franchise back 10 decades. Yeah, That's, a lot. That's 100 years, guys. I just did the math on that. That's not how <laughs> so math. How do you uh, so how do they combine? So you have a great quarterback. He's in like year three or four. You want to sign him to 10 years. So the first two years on that 10 year contract is still underneath like the rookie scale. And then it just blows up. Yeah, it depends. I mean, and some of that could be just like um, there's, and I don't know the specifics of it, but like base salary versus like bonuses or prorated bonuses. So like a lot of his is like wrapped up in like bonuses. If he's on the roster, he gets like 35 million. I just pulled up his, his contract right here. So like in, in um, 2020, he made 5 million bucks. Pat Mahomes did. And then four and a half million of that 5 million was a prorated bonus. Same thing in 2021, six and a half million ish of his seven and a half million was bonus. He also had like a workout bonus, but his base salary was only $990,000. So it was very, cap flexible you know what i mean in terms of like percentage of the cap um and then they're giving duration for flexibility yes and then so this base salary here and this year is 1.5 million he's got that same six and a half million prorated bonus a roster bonus of 27 million a workout bonus of 550,000, and then for guaranteed salary of 29 million which is still when you compare it, we're a total of 35 million bucks. When you still look at it, it's still lesser than Aaron Rodgers, um, Dak Prescott. Like that's less than what those guys are. So then next year is 46 million, 44 million, 46 million. Like if you go, if you go, like he's the fifth highest paid quarterback right now. Like it's not, so he's, and he's far exceeding that, that table. So, I mean, that was a bit a very unique deal. Like more often than not, guys are yeah, not wanting to sign that. Yeah, is he gonna have to restructure? Because at this pace, he'll never be the number one paid quarterback. That's if he wants to be that way. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 taking a gamble. They're they're laying out cash for him over time and saying, I'm guaranteeing you this amount. I think it's also very like heavily guaranteed. I don't know what the Oh, the only fully guaranteed money is like $63 million. So it's a very like on spec job or on spec contract, but there's a lot of like longevity and he wants to be there for a long period of time. What he's giving up in that and then turning over 10 years to him is that, well, if quarterback prices increase and the salary cap goes through the roof, like this is going to be a very affordable contract for them. And he's going to be, every year he could be going less and less down the threshold of what quarterbacks are being paid. Cause we're going to see a $60 million a year quarterback. If it's percentage wise based on the cap, like the cap goes enough to where like this guy's getting paid, you know, 10% of the salary cap or 
you know, and that's, that's going to be like, or not 10, maybe 30% of the salary cap and it's 60 billion bucks a year. Yeah. Well, do we get a workout bonus for this pod? I'm trying to brother. I'm trying to get a word bonus. More words I speak, just getting paid out. Get that. Uh, I would drop in uh, to game three or four before we get Anthony on the pod to talk those bills. Let's look at this game. Uh, Cowboys 49ers. 12 uh, 19, and mm. not exactly a shootout. You have Dak Prescott really coming in, ready to prove himself, ready to separate who he can be from everybody else. A couple of tough defenses lining up here, and Cowboys just can't get it done. I thought, and I would put this on the text thread, just a detrimental game to Dak Prescott, uh, who he wants to be, who we think he is, what he had the opportunity to prove. Uh, do you agree? I mean, is Dak Prescott kind of just going to stay underneath that? that tier two marker for you and with never really a chance to step up to be that elite QB. Yeah. I mean, this is a bad, I mean, just, they didn't look great. They, they, sh- I mean, I don't want to take it away from San Francisco because I'm yeah. over time slowly starting to really appreciate like what San Francisco does. Like they have a really good defense. I don't know why, it, you know, like another players like are like, you know, you know, living room named players. Like everyone, no one knows who these guys are, but Fred Warner's amazing. They've got good, strong, like they have an attitude about them, but he just looked like, you know, one of them, I don't think you can, one of those INTs, I don't know if you can totally discredit him, that Gallup interception, I think. Like if I remember, like that was, I kind of bobbled out of his hands, but still, I don't know. Like, are you winning? Are you just going to win with fucking Dak Prescott? Like, I don't, like, I think this is their apex. You know what I mean? Is like first or second round of the playoffs. Like, this is it. But are they, are we really contending for a Super Bowl? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's really hard. And especially like, I mean, we've been talking shit on the NFC the entire time. And this was the year to come through. I mean, on paper, you're just like, to go to the NFC championship, we have to beat Brock Purdy and the 49ers. It's be like, yeah, fucking sign me up. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I wanted to bring it up too with, um, not maybe I wanted to bring it up with Josh Allen. Maybe that's not a great point. Like who else got out to a quick uh, two touchdown deficit? Oh, the Giants. I don't give a shit about them. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna bring it up with that. I, I don't know. Like, I can't, do the greats in postseason get blown out? The great quarterback. And I, this isn't a great example. I'm not talking about Des Prescott because he wasn't really blown out. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was to the Josh Allen game. But I just like I don't. know. He just didn't have it. Like I just. I don't know if the greats really can come out flat. If I remember just like, you know, Tom Brady playoff games where it's just like, Oh, I just didn't have it today. I don't like, there's something about those greats. They're just always going to be hanging in there. And maybe this team was hanging in there. Let's, let's not forget. I mean, they got the ball back with a little over two minutes left and one timeout, uh, you know, inside their own 20, but only down by seven. So they had the opportunity and the football to, that is the drive. That is the drive to prove who you are, go down the field, score a touchdown. Yeah. And knew it. it was three and out and they're punting the football. Yeah, I think those are the ones that's like, the three and outs are the ones that are killer. It's like, you can't muster something. Like, you can't figure it out. He did, like, ever since the ankle injury, like, I don't see him, like, scrambling or, like, taking it and, and going, you know? And I don't want to sit there and say, like, you need to do that, but in the playoffs, like you need to do that a little bit. Like even we saw going back to it, we saw Trevor Lawrence in the it like pick up like a tough run and take like a pretty good shot for a guy that historically doesn't run and can run. He did it a lot in Clemson, but he he does not in this offense. 
pick up a first down. We've seen like Mahomes do it. We've seen Joe Burrow do it. Like I'm not asking him to run like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but I'm asking like when the time comes, like you if if you don't have it, you got to pick up five on your own. You got to tuck your head down and go. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this. The club has got to be in the bag. I mean, that's just got to be yep. Yep. shots you if necessary. Like at least, at least you know on those ones where it is a vert or you're sending everybody like on fly patterns, and you know you got all the D backs back staring at you, and you can just run for that 15. You know the greats get like that one 15 yard run a game, and it's just knowing that's there like gets a little attention. You know, like we always talk shit like Kirk Cousins doesn't have that. Like you're never seeing Kirk Cousins take off. You know, I think you and I talked about, did we talk about this? It's why Tom Brady's value has dropped a little bit. Yeah, you know? we did. Yeah, last it's week. Not, it seems like, yeah, it's got, it has to be one of those things that they aren't there. Um, well, I'm not a Cowboys fan. Uh, 49ers looking really good. Let's talk about this last game of the week. Uh, Bengals and Bills. Ooh, fresh off watching that. Mm. Big Buffalo fan. Anthony, jump with the pot. The bills make me wanna shout. kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout it right now, baby. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Yeah. Buffalo's happening now. Guys, we got Anthony, a lifetime Bills fan, on the pod, and I feel kind of lucky to get. It almost felt like crossing a line, hitting you on the text, and like mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, like we should get you on the pod." I understand if we need to wait like a standard twelve to fifteen weeks before we <laughs> actually kind of circle back and talk about it. Uh, but here we are on you know Tuesday, just uh, a couple days after the disappointment. Is this one of the bigger kind of uh, real talk, kind of one of the bigger disappointing? Bill's losses in recent memory that you have? Cause I'm sure you kind of went from, you know, as a fan kind of just expecting to kind of come up short and all that, but it kind of, you know, the last three years pivoted into a promising thing and it seemed like it was trending in the right direction. So this seems like kind of a, uh, one of the more heartbreaking in recent memory. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a strange, it's, it's almost like you've forgotten how, hard it was when we weren't going to the playoffs for 20 years mm-hmm. i mean there was i you know how you get your facebook memories um and they pop up and they like 10 years ago you were saying this and it's me just crying because we're terrible and our team's not going to the playoffs again and fuck tom brady and <laughs> you're you know, like maybe jp losman will be the guy and yeah you're like yeah exactly it's like, you know what like you know you see the the holy shit we just drafted ej manual oh my god like this is it you know like that stuff it 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 humbles you a bit because then you know you you remember like whole like wow we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and mm-hmm. we are decent and we just won 13 games and 
we the only games that we lost collectively score wise we lost by eight points so we're good this is crazy you take it all for granted once it all happens i've completely forgotten about what it's like to be bad but that was only three four years ago now we're one of the better teams so all of a sudden you expect to be in the mix um this one hurts for sure but it was kind of something that not to be like a pessimist but it's kind of something i saw coming i mean we've been kind of running on fumes since i mean first it was micah hyde we lost i think in week five our best safety i think in the same game we lost jordan poyer I, th- I don't remember which game that was, but we lost Mike. That's, we got, that's we got dinged up with that pretty bad, that pretty gnarly elbow injury, right? That yeah, exactly. Fighting through, right? Yeah. Was that was we that lost... the Jets game? Yeah, I think that was the Jets game we lost, right? Yeah, because I remember um, for me there was like something, and keep going, but I mean I think we came into this season and the Bills were the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. You know they they smoked the Rams when we didn't really know that the Rams weren't as legit as they were the previous yeah. year. But I remember something looked kind of off, like the Bills, like in that Jets game and everything. Like uh, they, I mean they looked really good in that Chiefs game before mm-hmm. we knew that the, you know the Chiefs had a little bit more problems scoring and inside the red zone than we thought they would with those obvious weapons, but you were kind of feeling this. You feel like it was a little bit of just kind of the injury thing that was trending that direction. Cause I know you'll get into like the end of the season where, you know, those yeah. Dolphins game and that first round Dolphin games was a lot closer than it needed to be. There certainly was a worry of a slight bit of fraudulent air. Um, we beat the Rams, but I think even, okay. Yeah. They just won the Super Bowl, but they weren't the same Rams. I think everyone kind of, beat the Rams. Okay, cool. We smoked the Titans, but again, Titans, okay. Uh, they have had our number, and our run defense was our Achilles heel for the past couple of years, so if you think, okay, if they could hold Derrick Henry to nothing, which they did, mm-hmm. um, then, okay, maybe we do have something. The uh, So, to, to jump back, the, the worry this year was losing Ryan Dable, and I think everybody realized once they saw the success that David was having in New York, they, okay, he was real. Yeah. He made Josh Allen. He, he developed Josh Allen. He, he kind of created the monster. And then there was rumors that he was going to be interviewing for a job. And it was pretty much like, there's no way he's not going to get one. And then, and then the giants took him, and, and we were like, okay, so this is going to be the test this year is, is Alan going to be okay without him? And Dorsey was the assistant. So it's like, okay, well, there's some continuity there. Dorsey came in and his whole attitude was let's, let's let Josh Allen cook. And that's what we watched all year round. And um, ultimately that's what I, in my opinion, came to bite us. But to go back to the injury thing, it's when, I think that's when it started. You had you had some convincing wins in the beginning, but they weren't against great teams. The Miami game, I'm not going to say that we – I don't want to make it an excuse, but I think the entire league knows that that stadium in September when it's 98 degrees outside and in full sun, it's the entire side of – the away side of that stadium is, is in the sun. It was 125 degrees on our sideline. It was like 90 on theirs. And you could watch, I mean, I watched that game and like the 
every Bills player had a red face. Like just like they were dying. And it was right. kind of like we we lost the game. We lost the game by one point or one or two points. And we were about to win it. We ran out of time. We had a we were we ran out of time setting up the game winning field goal. That's how that game ended. Yeah, there's also some like, sort of like statistical anomaly in that game or something. It was just like the first game was like more yards or more like there was just – There was a time of possession like insane. In that yeah, game or something. yeah. I think yeah. you look at that and it's just like, you know, 99 out of 100 times if you look at this stat line that it's just like there's no way this team lost. Yeah. And it's kind of like a weird one. We Just watching that game, it just felt like 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 it was just – I mean, again, we, we, we did lose <laughs> despite the, the, you know, the sun and the heat or whatever. It is what it is. Um, but I, it was a game that you felt we should have won. So when you lose it, it's like whatever, but it is a divisional rival and that sucks. Um, the only time that I felt truly confident that we might be good was when we beat the Chiefs because that was a real game. There, there was, yeah, that nothing... was a that was a like this is they are the number one team in the league on that yeah. victory because we were like, everyone, this is it, this is the team to beat. Anyone who can go into Kansas City and beat them on their home field in neutral weather and no conditions and everything's great. If you can pull that off, I mean, yeah, you got to think you're good. Um, but yeah, we, we the injuries started to pile up, and then you know Von Miller went down. So then our 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 rush was toast. So okay, so now we have no secondary. We have no no hide no player. Our all pro safeties. Uh, Trey White was already still out from last year because he mm-hmm. busted his knee up in on a Thanksgiving game. Um, and then Von Miller went, who was supposed to be like our big threat on the front. So um, it just kind of felt like it was going downhill. And then obviously the Josh Allen thing. And, and when he had that elbow injury, I, I don't know, was that the Jets as well? <laughs> I think. Yeah, might have been the Jets yeah, because I think yeah, because it has like they were backed up and he was going on a game when he drive and then like he throws one gets the elbow and then still has to like air it out on like I yeah. think like third and super long and then a fourth and long and it was just like is he gonna have the elbow? So yeah, it was like that Jets game. There was a good solid like three days after that game where we really thought he was done. I mean done done. Yeah. Like, there was they were saying Tommy John. They were you know saying year and a half. It was bad, and when he was able to keep going. It was like, okay, now we're just playing on on house money because we right. shouldn't even be we should the season should be over. Um but yeah, the 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 fraudulent feeling was kind of always around because it was like Dable's gone, Dorsey throws it, you know, it's third and one and he's calling you know, Verts. And we're throwing yeah. it. 25 yards downfield trying to drop dimes when we need to get two. And it was just like, I get that Allen can do that. can do that sometimes. That doesn't mean you have to try that every time. That's not, it, it's so predictable. And it, it just, it started to become like, we kept hey, by winning games. Well. Yeah. We kept winning games that it felt like we shouldn't have won. Like we, you know, we were beating kind of lowly teams like Cleveland, um, we beat the Jets. We beat. I don't remember who it was. It, they're just you had the you had the, the Pats twice at the end of the season. You had the Bears. Yeah, we beat the Patriots. I mean, you can't beat the, ma- the masterminds that were the Vikings. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. they're playing three D. That was OT. That was OT. 
I I was actually I I didn't get to watch that game. That was the one game I didn't get to watch. That you were in Buffalo for that, right? I was. I was at the game until the third quarter. I watched. That's there, and you had to catch a flight or something, right? Yeah, from, from your fine Buffalo airport. Anthony, you know the worst thing about that story is I'm watching it in the airport. I'm watching it go into OT. My flight gets delayed. And half an hour later, everybody that was at that fucking game shows up at the airport as I still like <laughs> waiting for my flight. See, so you could have been there the whole time. Yeah, so, you never told me about like, did, did you end up getting the food and everything? You wanted to try like some wings and some. Yeah, I did the, um, what was the beef sandwich? Beef on whack? Yeah, yep. I did the uh, beef on whack there at the stadium. And then, yeah, did uh, the wings. They had actually a pretty good wing spot like uh, there in the airport that I could try it. But it was, uh, yeah, yeah, there's an anchor anchor bar there. Yep. Yeah, I hit that one. But uh yeah, it was it was like a great vibe and like perfect weather, like just a light dusting of snow, like cold, but mm. not too cold. Like you can't even basically that that was the first game after his elbow injury. Cause I remember you being like oh, going to Buffalo. Right, yeah. I'm gonna go see Josh Allen get the experience. And then it was like, Yeah, you might get to watch Case Keenum. I don't you're right, because I remember that line was changing by like six points because it went from like, you know, it was like yeah. built by six to like uh like a pick'em when it was like it was out and it was like I've never mm-hmm. seen the line move that much, but yeah, we gotta see him, which is good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so going yeah, going into this, just kind of this. So you get to the postseason, you know, the Dolphins game is up. Op- obviously scarier than it needs to be. So you're going to the Cincy, you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, it was, you kind of knew it. We, we limped into the playoffs. Um, we barely beat Miami who didn't even have to, uh, um, the defense just couldn't really stop the run for the, the last four or five weeks. Um, and I was just like, you know, as soon as we play a real team, like we, we could beat the dolphins, but Whereas we're not being the Bengals, and you know when the when the Hamlin thing happened and that game got uh, was canceled. At the time that that happened, throughout the season, our defense led. I wish I had the stats. Our defense, I'm pretty sure, led a score on, on the first drive of every game for most of this half last half of the season. So for everyone to say, "Oh, the Bengals were on their way to just blow you guys out." It was, well, not exactly. Our defense tends to, I don't want to say make adjustments, because I think we've already heard that that's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> but our defense tends to figure it out and kind of shut teams down. We're more of a second-half team. And who's to say what would have happened? But uh, we really, really needed to get that first seed because we needed to not play the Bengals and the Chiefs. Right. And as soon as that became the thing, I knew, I was like, okay. You could probably get one, but maybe not both. Those are your thoughts were. Yeah, exactly. I was like, we might be able to beat the Bengals, maybe, but we're not beating both. And we're lucky to get past the Dolphins and they were beat up. And it's so So, weird, too, because that Bengals game, like you coming into it, like you got to be feeling a little like riding high with their offensive line depleted. I know we were talking about it off off pod and and. Like it seemed like kind of teed up a little bit. Some of that injury luck that you were talking about earlier that was going against your way now seemed to be like teed up for you because you're like, all right, well, our passage isn't there, but they're missing their left tackle, starting right guard. They're gone. Like we got to be able to get a little bit of something. Then you see some, some snow coming down your way and you're like, all right, we got the environment on our side. And like, it seemed like for me walking into it, I was like, this seems to like 
some of these things are leveling out for the bills here on this game in this moment. And then, then we saw what happened, right? Which I do yeah. feel bad kind of talking about it like this. Cause it is kind of like, <laughs> you just got into a car accident. We're asking you to fucking help us move. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, actually Brandon, when he texted me, he said, uh, Hey, do you want to do this? You know, you need some time. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm, I'm fired up. Like let's fucking go. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you know what, as I said, it, when, when we barely squeaked past Miami, yeah. Um, I I kind of saw the writing. I, I I knew that the way that the Bengals game was started out the last the first one 20 days ago, 22 days ago. Um, I knew after that kind of was I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be hard. Um, I had a little bit of a better feeling after I watched the Bengals play the Ravens, and I was like, okay, well, we struggled against a third string wide receiver, but the Bengals struggled against Right. Not Lamar Jackson, right? And right. Um, and the Dolphins had a lot of the Bills, I should say, had a lot of really bad things happen to them in that Dolphins game. A lot of weird, fluky fumble turnover stuff. And yeah, they yeah. still managed to gut it out. They still scored 30 some points, whatever it was. The Bengals, on the other hand, they had a lot of great things happen for them and they almost lost against the right. Ravens. So I was like, okay, well, maybe they're just as vulnerable as we are. Right. My my big worry was that well, they have three number one wide receivers on that team. We have one. Um, the rest of our targets are garbage, and our offensive line's no better than theirs. Even if they have three guys out, our offensive line has been garbage all season. Allen is. Uh, I think he was pressured on. I think they said forty eight percent of his dropbacks against the Bengals uh, Sunday. Um, normally Allen's able to get around all that kind of stuff and kind of run and scramble and that's when he like makes stuff happen and it's all you know magic tends to happen or whatever but he had his ankle rolled up on against Cincinnati in the first drive the only drive that we had in that Hamlin game Um, I, f- I forget the guy's name H- H- Hutchinson or Hutchinson or Whoever is on Hubbard, the, Hubbard the, they have Hubbard, Sam Hubbard, and uh, the defensive end, and then there's the other one, Hawkinson, Trey, Trey Hen- Hendrickson, 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 whatever. That dude, like, <laughs> he like rolled up purposely, appeared on Allen in that game. He he like hit the ground, and then rolled like he was on fire up into Allen's leg and kind of stuck him, and Allen kind of limped and. And it got kind of weird. And I, and one of our biggest threats with Allen is that he could run. He, right. He hadn't made a single run since that day. So he didn't run against Miami at all. And uh, everyone was just kind of like, he's not right. There's something weird. He's not scrambling like he was. He's staying in the pocket, which is weird. And now he's running out of time and he's forced to make throws. Um. It, yeah, it, it didn't, it just didn't look right. And Allen looked off anyway. He um, felt like do you felt like Josh Allen was like pressing more than usual. Like I seemed like that Miami game, like you mentioned, we had three what three turnovers and a couple like fumbles that weren't lost. I just remember the very first like drive where he's scrambling and he's running out of the pocket and almost like knocked the ball out of his own hand. And thankfully he went out of bounds, so he wasn't punished right. by that. But he did give us this air that he looked like like he knew that this was their like I don't want to say the window's closing, but he knew that like we need to make this happen now. Like we're running out of time. Yeah. And I felt like every 
game towards the latter half of the season, I felt like he was pressing more so than like if you go back to the Chiefs game where it's like they were just in like a offensive flow. Like they were at a flow state, yeah. like they were just doing things. They weren't really like trying to make it happen. It just was happening and they were positive outcomes. Is that the sense that you were getting as a Buffalo fan, like watching those games probably more intimately than I I was or Brandana was? Uh, yeah, I mean, Allen's been under duress for the past like month, month or two, where the offensive line just isn't isn't doing anything really. We lost a couple of guys. We lost Spencer Brown for a bit. Um, Jordan Phillips um, on the other end, I think um, shoulder. He he basically had one shoulder for the the last half last month and a half, which he injured in garbage time, which was hilarious against the the Patriots, the last Patriots game. Literally, the game was over. It was on the Hail Mary throw that Mac Jones tried to make. Uh, he was running at him. He was out of shoulder. Like, we had a bunch of just random injuries going that, going on that just kind of, like, on both both lines, offensive and defensive line, um, depleted a lot of stuff. On the offensive side, with Allen in the offensive line being as porous as it was, he was constantly being chased around. Um, we don't have much of a run offense, so – there was really no threat to have to worry about a run. Um, yeah. Especially when Allen wasn't taken off with it for whatever reason. So um, he was pressing and that was kind of most of mine and, and my friends. Um, big thing was, it was just that Dorsey didn't seem to come off of his game plan of just throwing haymakers all the time. Um he with all of the the pressure that Allen was was receiving Dorsey constantly was calling long developing plays where these routes would develop 10 15 yards downfield Allen doesn't have time to wait for those guys to get there so he's got like literally a split second to either try to run with it and get out of trouble or just try to float one to a spot hope someone gets there and we just don't have the guys to get there Diggs can get there sometimes Gabe Davis dropped half of his passes this year and we had uh, a rookie he had a brutal he had a brutal drop in that cincy game yeah that was on oh uh, that was that was bad that was all year that was literally all year he he had so many passes that hit him in the hands hit him in the chest that he would just kind of fumble away and i mean the today's press conference that brandon bean had it he said that he wouldn't hesitate to take a wide receiver in the first round next year really um, that's yeah. not kind of what we wanted to hear <laughs> but i mean hey you know what if if that's that's what he wants to do we, we we have so many needs in so many places it's just kind of like you know whatever take 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 what you can get i guess uh well um, maybe too soon but you got to be on one side of it afc championship who do you like Bengals or chiefs can an asteroid strike around then i i don't uh <laughs> um no i you know it's uh I wanted to root for Joe Burrow because right. I like the guy. There you um, go. But he's but making it very hard on you. Very hard on you to do that. Their fans are. Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals fans like turned rancid real fast. I don't know. Like the <laughs> Hamlin thing went down and we were all holding it's, hands. It's spaghetti chili. It's the spaghetti yeah, chili. Everything it really was, just fucking ruins a person. We are all just like, you know, high fiving each other and supporting and donating to each other's charities and this and that. And then, like, the Eli Apple thing happened, and you know, it's just, like, and it's, it, 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 you know, it's 
I get it. You have a quarterback that's good and you want him to be respected in the league like Mahomes and Allen have been for the past couple of years, but like you don't need to like go overboard. It's pe- they're basically the Cincinnati fans are in my mentions on Twitter telling me that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league. Better than Mahomes, better than, than Allen, better than, you know, best quarterback anyone's ever seen. It's like, okay, he's good. Yeah. It's great. He's very good. Um, he's not like a dynamic playmaker like Mahomes or Allen, but he's like the perfect guy to send out and say, throw to this guy. You know, like the, the the you you give him the plays, he executes the plays. He's like, I mean, he was a machine, and they outcoached us like crazy the other night. So like, cheers to them for winning. They they killed us. It wasn't even close. Um, I do want to see um, a good game. I do like Mahomes too. I don't like to go. say that. Cover your I'm bases. not trying. I'm not trying to say I don't like Mahomes. I I do like Mahomes. I do like Burrow. Um, Kansas City's been like, our... like you're trying to run for like commissioner of the NFL or something. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know, it's politician. tough. It's tough. Like you guys, like I, I mean, not not actually two of you aren't the Chiefs fans, but in the fantasy football league that we're in, and in my you know group of friends that I had from California back when I lived there, it's all Kansas fans. I have a lot of Kansas City fans. So uh, friends rather. So like, it's kind of like, I want to root for you guys, but at the same time, you're the other team that is keeping us down. Now you're our Patriots. Now the Patriots oh, used to keep us out oh. of the playoffs. Now it's the chiefs keep us out of the super bowl. Ooh. And so. And I, I, yeah. So I, that, that's, and you make a good point about Joe Burrow. Like if you go back and you watch, you know, fire up that, uh that Cowboys game, like week three with Joe Burrow, you know, like, Fire up that uh that wild card round against you know the Ravens like you know it's not it's just it's kind of interesting to see because uh, I like your playmaking ability fact which is you know Mahomes Josh Allen their ability to keep the play alive is what puts them on you know that yeah. that Aaron Rod- as, as much as I hate to admit it you know that Aaron Rodgers level of just like you oh, know yeah. not perfect we can extend it as opposed to you know when shit starts hitting the fan it's just like there there isn't that improvising thing that you have to. Yeah. You have to fear and be afraid. The big knock on Burrow was when he was having offensive line problems. You know, he has to get the ball off faster than any quarterback in the league, or else he's toast. Because right. he he can't he can't scramble and make things happen. He's he's not like a sniper of a quarterback. He he's just extremely good at doing what he's told, which is the perfect quarterback if you have a good coach and three incredible receivers to throw to. Um. He's nearly unstoppable if if he's allowed to do what he's been given, right? Whereas Mahomes or Allen, it's like you kind of think they're almost better when shit goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's like if Mahomes is like as soon as he's running, it's like now you're scared. You weren't scared when he was in the pocket. You were scared when he got out of it. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of teams a, that have been talking about, yeah, keeping Mahomes in the pocket and just yeah. – because once he, him. yeah, once he's, yeah, yeah, don't blitz him exactly. Yeah, you can't blitz, you can't blitz this as soon as you get him out, is when he's going to do something crazy. Allen's got a little bit of that too. I don't see that Burrow has any of that, but I mean, but Burrow is, I mean, every bit as good as Allen and Mahomes, it's just a different style as far as right. I see it. But, um, no, it's, I'm not really, I don't have a dog in the fight anymore. I, I, I would have liked to see Cincinnati win just, just for something new. 
you know, it's not not to not to see my friends be sad. I want them to enjoy themselves. But um, yeah, it, I, it would make it a little easier if they're like, well, they won the Super Bowl that year. So <laughs> it makes it. I guess we lost yeah. the Super Bowl. Well, you have so you fine. have it. Yeah, you have it. It's either Mahomes gets another Super Bowl and he's got two now over Allen. If you're going to compare the two guys, right? Um, he's got two Super Bowls, two MVPs, maybe um, all that, or. It's Joe Burrow gets one before Allen does, and it's like, oh man, come on! Mm-hmm. Like you feel like, oh, we got a guy. We want this guy to to be, you know, up there with everyone else. Maybe he isn't. And ultimately, when it shakes out, maybe he is the the, the third best of the the three headed monster there. But what uh, you really need to root for then is just root for Brock Purdy because then you're like, it, yeah, none of it matters dude, anymore. I am all San Francisco all the time. <laughs> I, I yeah, I am a hundred percent on board. I'm a Niners fan going forward. Um, <laughs> I don't care who in the AFC goes, it's gonna it's gonna hurt either way. I'm gonna either have to ignore the chat thread for another month, or uh, I'm gonna have to uh, listen to Cincinnati fans on Twitter telling us how or Eli Apple, you know, rip on on Diggs and, and Allen or whatever. Well, now I mean, now uh, that you're now that you're in the driver's seat, you just gotta champions get off twitter you just got to get off twitter like it's not good. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a lot easier when everybody was just ignored it uh well let's yeah. jump to the neapolitan showdown so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye there ain't no good guy there ain't no bad guy there's only you and me and we just disagree You got you prep something for us to to rank. Just gonna rank our top threes. You have any subject we could we could dive in on this one? And you yeah, know. I was I was thinking about it when you asked me. Um, I'm a big stand up comedy fan, and I would love to know your top three. Who's your top three stand up comedians of all time? Oh, awesome. all times. I don't think we've done this. Mm-hmm. I think we've. I, I think, think it's we been have. on a list. Oh, have we? We, we no, we have not done stand-up comedians all time i think we did something like a year in review oh i think we were doing like closing out the decade we were podcasting like closing out the 20 the 2010s and yeah. 2020 so like, like current that. people like who you think are the top yeah yeah or just the best of the decade just the best of that decade mm-hmm. yeah okay. this is good this is good okay so um yeah we usually have to do a little bit on the fly oh, there's one yeah but we do it on the fly and we also have to fill it with you know want to make it sound like a podcast without dead (laughs) right exactly so i'll go with my i'll lead off with my number three right here um i'm gonna go with george carlin at my number three George Carlin. I didn't catch him like in the the heyday, but I did get him towards the end. I remember a ton of like we had HBO as a kid and mm-hmm. watching like the HBO specials coming through and getting to watch and like seeing my parents like go nuts for George Carlin and then like going back and revisiting. You're like, man, what this is like. I thought that's what stand up comedy had to be like really smart, like pithy yeah. commentary, but also funny at the same time. I always remember like the joke that it's even sticks with me today. Where he's talking about like Darwinism, and it was like not everybody should live. Not you know, 
Not everyone yeah. should make it. And he's like, little Billy that swallowed too many marbles shouldn't get to go to third grade. And it's like, that's a great <laughs> fucking line. Yeah. Yeah. Funny so, thing with... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go. I was going to say, my, the only thing with Carlin that, that is funny for me is that my first exposure to him, I'm 38, so I don't know mm-hmm. if this is like a generational thing, but my first exposure to to Carlin was as the conductor in the Thomas the Tank Engine show, whatever that was, <laughs> when we were kids. Yeah. That's, oh, that's funny. So, like, he was on, like, a children's program, and he was the conductor, and he was this happy, nice dude who, like, you know, told you the stories and, and whatever. And then it's kind of like the shock when you realize that Bob Saget's not Danny Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You're like, his, his, like, Carlin was raunchy and like he had the whole like you know seven words you can't say and like all this other stuff wow like carlin is he's a dirty comedian it he's he was the nice freaking conductor at bbs uh, i think i have a little recency bias i do want to do i guess we usually we do our constellation bracket right before our number ones i'm going to do a little shout out to um oh i can't remember uh who's the guy that does all the who did the church lady Oh, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey, yeah. Because I remember like uh in high school, I remember remembering his like Critics Choice set was on Comedy Central all the time. And I remember like damn near memorizing that thing. But I've got a little recency bias. You know, um, we actually did the post for this stand-up special, and I just watched it and I've been listening to kind of his it's funny right now because we have access to a lot more comedians, right? Because of podcasts. It used to just be mm-hmm. like you see an hour special from them every two years at best, and now you can kind of just get like a real taste for their comedy and like get, you know, half an hour to an hour of them like every week. Uh, Andrew Santino is really hitting the spot for me right now. He's got a new comedy special on Netflix, um, Whiskey Ginger podcast. But I also been, uh, I remember him from like, like kind of popping up in TV shows a little bit. Like he's a redhead guy. He does um, Bad Friends with, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Bobby Lee from Mad TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, his new stand-up special on Netflix is really fucking funny. What is it, like Cheeseburger? Is that what it's called? Cheeseburger, yep. That's what it is. Yeah, he's got a great bit, too, which I love, because it hits me in the home, in the in the spot, because I've had I've been on record for saying, like, it's insane to take a dump at the bar, and he's got a great thing. He's like, Steve, you're going to take a shit at the bar? Here, at the bar, where, where everyone is partying. Like, it's great. So that one, he's always won me over from that one because that's always been my take. It's like an insane move to um, to do that. Um, so I'm not going to – so that was your number three with Santino? That was my number three, yeah. I'm already, like I'm already missing people off this. Oh, this is, this is hard. Go ahead. It is tough. It is tough. Well, I mean, I've got – I'm trying to – I'm also writing some of them down here as as my uh, – on my console bracket as well, too, as we're going. Um, so I'm going to go – Man, number two is really fucking tough. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go. Chris Rock. Chris Rock was like a fucking force of nature in my early twenties. He was just mm-hmm. like the dude did not miss special after special, and just like now you can't 
recite any of those lines, but I remember like <laughs> vividly like memorizing every single one of the his fucking bits. Yeah, the, he, he has them. the one from the windows to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like how insane, like everyone's singing that. Yeah, it's a because that to me is like that reminds me of college too. I know Anthony, we're a few years older than you. I don't know if this clock's quite the same, but I mean that was the first like everyone came over to the dorm room, like you put up Chris Rock. You pulled out like that twelve pack of Budweiser. You stuck past the RA. Yeah. And it was, like, <laughs> that's what you did with the Friday night as you watched that. Yeah, that was that's up there when you started like kind of memorizing those and quoting it. That's that's a really that's a good two. Spot. Chris Rock is would be my number two. So I, I agree. Chris Rock was like whatever that's spe- the first one that he ever did with the leather jacket and he had like the Colorado Rockies CR behind him, the purple mm-hmm. yeah. CR. Is that, I can't is that, remember the. Is that- is that bigger? Wait, no, not bigger and blacker, is it? No, that was it. Was like his first breakout okay. one. Mm-hmm. It was on each HBO. Used to play it all the time, and my dad used to steal HBO, so I used to be able to watch it. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> paid the cable uh, guy like a fifty. Like here, here you go. Let's get some. Let's get some free, oh, free channels out of this. That was back in the day when you used to be able to like steal satellite TV if you had like the card that went in the machine, but the <laughs> card you like wiped it. Like my dad was oh, like. Shit. My dad got into computers like early, like for a boomer. Like he, he was like he got into them like right away when they became a thing in the your house. And uh, I don't know him and his buddies like figured out a way to like wipe those cards clean so that they had no restrictions on them. You could just get whatever you wanted. Oh, nice! So you definitely saw some late night Skinamax for sure. Oh, dude, there was like a whole like block of porn channels. Like there was like nice. ten of them. My friends would all come over, and it was like getting a lot, like it was like going to school. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah. They didn't even realize. That's how that works. Like, yeah, geez. that's where that goes. Oh my god! And it was like I remember that because it was like it went from, you know, uh, before satellite, it was just like one channel at two o'clock in the morning, and then it was like an embarrassment yeah. of riches because that was just like ten channels, twenty four hours a day. It's just like who <laughs> needs all access to all this porn? It's just like nine of these channels are being wasted while I'm watching this one. I yeah. don't know what to do. Uh, all right, my number two spot. Uh, I wanted to put Neil Brennan again. I keep jamming these constellation ones in. Like I had like three mics. I loved it. Definitely loved his new one. Blocks. I'm not going to give him the spot just because um, I think he is prolific as a writer and everything, and behind the scenes and being part of kind of the Chappelle show and everything. But not enough stand up comedy actually sets to make my list. So my new two spot. I'm going to put Norm Macdonald. Like oh, crack me up. My, my favorite weekend update host, like just no one else had like kind of the cadence and just commitment to the joke that he has, like just that kind of that own style of his. Oh, yeah. Always loved it. Always a big fan. That's my two spot. That's a, oh, that's yeah. a great one. A super underappreciated. And I will say like Norm McDonald to me, like I have like, especially like the Norm show that he had, like the, the internet kind of show that he was doing before it was really yeah. like podcasts trying to f- figure out like video and podcasts like those clips are great with like adam eget so he has yeah. on there and like bringing it that is great because there's like perfect bite-sized stuff and like uh like norm on that show had one of the best jokes that he that he did where he had like uh there was like the country guy i don't want to do somebody's bit but he had the country guy and then the the city guy and the city guy comes and moves to the to the country and moves right next door. And the country guy comes over and he's like, hey, you know, hey, you should come over. We're going to have a, a party for you. And he'd be like, that's great. That's all I've been looking for. I'm super excited. You know, get away from the big city. He's like, yeah, well, 
country guys like yeah we'll come over you know we'll have a big party there'll be some uh there'll be some fighting some drinking and some fucking and he goes that sounds amazing that sounds awesome just a great time well when should i get there oh whenever you want it's just the two of us it's just like perfect like norm mcdonald like perfect fucking joke um so i love norm huge huge gambler also so that's always near huge gambler oh yeah like it and a real a real eccentric too didn't drive yeah yeah bro uh all right bro who's what's your number one spot and then we'll let anthony judge there's so many good ones there's a lot that are gonna get missed and but i'm gonna have to go with a guy that was like a really good writer did had a great show that i really liked i like i like louis so i'm gonna go louis ck with my number one really appreciated the show like to stand up like his new stuff now that's coming out like strong you know He's good. He's a good comedian. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're the one taking the swing. I love it. All right. But, uh, Figure out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's a really good. That's good. Well, I have Bill. I have Bill Cosby on my console bracket because himself yeah. was fucking amazing. That's that himself, insane. I repeated oh, yeah. that. Not funny enough to have to justify him on a list. I mean, that would be sure, like, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I sure, would that'd say- be a little bit much. I would say Bill Cosby was my first exposure to stand-up comedy. Yes. That that dentist bit of his. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I was like, I was like nine years old, and I was in my. I remember where I was. I was on the. I was laying on the floor of my grandma's house with one of those wooden TVs with the drawers on it and shit. You know, like old school nineteen seventies shag carpeting. My grandma's house, cigarette smoke. My grandma's house, and I'm laying on the floor watching Bill Cosby himself and he's doing that dentist bit and i was just dying laughing like because that yeah, was the, the funniest thing i've ever seen it's the funniest thing ever it's so fucking good and then it's like mm-hmm. it's just him and the backdrop just changes colors mm-hmm. over time he's it's got just, that old just... brown polyester suit on <laughs> right, he's just exactly. like sitting in a chair and he's just hilarious and yeah, I would, and, and I would, like, I would do the. Sorry, I would do the. The dad is great. Gave us some chocolate cake bit, like yeah. all the time, all <laughs> the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of, like, like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of classic. Cosby was known for, it, but also showed you, you know, you could do it like, like, uh, didn't have to go blue or whatever. Like you could do it without curse words and all that. Yes. Which I mean, because it's you know, like the good comedians. I mean, there's still some of them out there that do. Uh, can't think of the name off the top of my head. Nate Bargatze is a clean yes, comic. Exactly. That's yeah. great. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, like, that is a talent to be able to go up there, go straight, sure. and, like have you know fucking fourteen year olds to but, forty. Yeah, so, but Bill made up for it in the office. Uh, downtime, he covered. What what are, what are the rules here with this? Am I allowed to tell you what my like not three are? Yeah, or, yeah, like, am I can do it later, or yeah, is no, it like yeah? It, I'll give my number one right now, and then you just you decide. You tell us who your number one is, and then you decide a winner between the two of us. Okay. All right. My number one, again, I keep saying I miss people. Like I want to get like Adam Sandler on there. I if I had time, like it feels insane not to have Richard Pryor. I put Andrew Santino over Richard Pryor. If Andrew Santino's <laughs> listening to this, we must be new best friends. <laughs> that's that's bonkers. Uh, but number one's Bill Burr. I just feel like I saw Bill Burr like super early. It was in the early days when stand-up specials first started coming on netflix and i remember seeing his stuff and just like and recently i gotta go to his i was backstage at his set that he did at um in uh at the boston fenway park 
like was there and just kind of oh, seeing yeah. it. it also feels like you're kind of you know watching a comedian I've, and i'm sure you have this too Anthony. it's just like comedians kind of feel like you're comedians or at least you've been like kind of following him and like their whole trajectory and he's just like loving oh, yeah. movies, love his sets always thought it was funny like listen absolutely he i you know when I, when I was thinking about you know assuming you guys would just end up asking me what my top three would, would be i remember thinking like <laughs> burr is gonna be there right like burr's gotta be there I don't know if, he, if he's probably like four for me. He's like right there. I, I love Brush so much. Um, his anger is great. And I he can be a little like, I mean, I'm not a PC dude. I'm not like crazy woke or anything. Yeah. But I do like, you know, there is some kind of like of the toxic side of the things he talks about. Or it's just like, I don't essentially agree with him. But he's funny. And he, he's right. he, like, I'm... Um, I don't I don't hate it. I, I he still cracks me the hell up. He's still one of the funniest human beings in the world. Um but uh, it's funny because with the Bill Cosby thing, because I I was thinking about this pretty hard when you sent me that text because uh I I love comedy so much. It's like when when I first moved to LA, like I obviously I moved there for music, but um uh, I spent so much time at the Melrose Improv. It was like the first thing that really? I looked up to see because I knew that comedy was big, it was a, it was a big thing. I just didn't know where to find it. I'd never seen comedy live, like in Buffalo or in college. And I even moved. I moved to Chicago first before LA, and I, and Chicago is like a big, you know, comedy place too. But I just I never got to see it in person. So I, I was like, when I got out to LA, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go see some comedy. I knew that I, I was living near the Laugh Factory, and I thought, okay, maybe I could go pop in there someday. But I was like too afraid to go by myself. And then, like, I made some friends that I was like, hey, let's go to the improv. I want to go see um, Chris D'Elia, who at the time was on a TV show, uh, Whitney, with Whitney yeah. Cummings. And um, and has never I done thought, anything bad either. Yeah. And I thought he was he was hilarious on that show. And I was like, oh, let's go. I want to go see this guy. And he ended up being fucking hilarious. And that's why I was going to laugh, because, like, I have this apparent attraction to really horrible people that are comedians <laughs> because like my list last year if you would have asked me my top three would have been like Delia, Cosby and Louie. Louie yeah. being number one and Louie still is my number one so to answer that question Louie's my number one I've been listening to him a lot lately he's still the funniest fucking person in the world I know what he did was shitty but like on the same token, like he's a good dude. He's just, you know, he messed up. People can mess up. There's, there's yeah. always a, a path to redemption. In comparison to be. the other two on your list, absolutely, he's a church boy or, or choir boy. <laughs> you can't masturbates. like. I don't Sorry. know if you like. <laughs> if you watch uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, do you guys ever watch that with Jerry yeah. Seinfeld? Mm -hmm. On on that episode that he did with Jerry, he tells a story about getting stuck on his boat with his daughters. If yep. you can watch that story and not come out of that story thinking, all right, he's a good guy. If you can't, then you, you're lost. Because yeah. it's a story literally of him trying to take his daughters out for a nice time, getting stuck in the mud in his boat because the tide went down and he you know, ran out of food and couldn't move the boat for like a whole you know, 10, 12 hours. And he's just trying to take his daughters out for a nice time is literally all he cares about. And if you watch the show, Louie, you can see what a good dad he is. He's such a good dude. I, I, I just, I, 
yeah he, he fucked up he did he but did uh he did recently i watched it i was in a hotel room and killing time he he did theo vaughn's podcast another good comedian yeah. as well too really I unique voice you saw that you saw that this past weekend with louis ck yeah. i thought mm-hmm. that that was fantastic i thought that yeah. that was really good and he's got a lot of he's on this interesting path of like I don't know, I guess like humanizing himself again, kind of, you know, like you said, yeah. made a mistake coming back in and being just really like introspective and thoughtful about his whole like navigation of fame and where he was and where he is now. And it was very interesting. Yeah, My favorite so comedians. Much. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, this is safe space. I mean, if this podcast gets canceled, like 125 <laughs> people will be devastated. Like, well, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be just just fine i'm pretty sure your audience is 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 well enough but um i'm really my whole thing with comedians um i went to school uh when i went to college my my degrees in philosophy i i'm a philosophy dude that just i love the i love thinking about life i love thinking about this weird existence that we have um i don't feel like i'm in like the narrow shot in the world i feel like i'm in the wide shot where it's like we're just living this crazy ass experience and weird ass shit happens all the time and nothing makes me feel better about it than hearing it put into words in a way that i you know that i can understand them and the comedian to me is the modern day philosopher it's it's we don't have the enlightenment guys around anymore writing books that people read no one cares but comedians can take the world and they can tell it to you and make you laugh and make it relatable. And to me, the best comedy is someone who can really nail down what's going on and what it's like to just be in this weird meat suit running around in this rock that's spinning in space. And I think Louie does it. That's why he's my, my favorite. I think that guy has just got like such a good handle on what's going around, even though he's lost as much as everyone is. Um, my, my number two, uh, was Chris Rock, same thing, Chris Rock, you know, he'll, when you, when you can just get up in front of an audience and just essentially rant, it's hilarious. And that's, that's what I like about Rock. That's what I like about Louie. Um, my number three is actually going to be a dude that I saw come up from the very, very bottom at the Melrose Improv is, um, Pete Holmes. Oh, seen or heard of that guy? So he had a great TV show. He had that great TV show on HBO. Crashing, crashing, crashing was fantastic. Um, He used to play the little side room at the Melrose Improv. There was like this free comedy night you can go to where it was wasn't in the the main you know where the bar is or the main room. It was in this weird like building next door type of thing in the parking lot. And it was like folding chairs and maybe a six inch stage. Like it was just a crappy little tiny room. And I used to go in there and see him and do that guy would just, I sometimes would just be me in there and he would just pretend I was, um, you know, in the crowd and I would just be dying laughing sitting there. It was, it was weird. Like to have someone like making you laugh when you're just Perform by yourself. For you? But yeah, it was just like, I saw him, I saw fortune themester that way. Um, but he was so funny and i remember thinking there's no way this guy's not going to be huge he's fucking hilarious and then he kind of gradually got bigger and bigger to where he is now but another guy who's just fucking brilliant he's such a smart dude 
and he just has a bead on life. And I, I, I just love the way he makes his, 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 how his humor is just built on like making fun of this weird ass life thing that we're doing. Yeah. He also has like the ability to laugh at himself. Like he should look up the, cl- so he used to have a show on TBS, I think, the Pete Holmes show, or it was like TNT mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. But he does, uh, he has Anthony Jeselnik come out and like roast him. Another one. The most self deprecate like it is just it's so hilarious like it, mm-hmm. i love that stuff um all right brother well pick a winner on your category between most awesome and myself i have to check out a- andrew santino i actually put him on my screen here so that i'm gonna i'm gonna watch him as soon as this is over i don't know him well enough so i'm gonna have to go with uh with with him on this one but um yeah, I I mean Carlin, like I love Carlin too. Classic yeah. pick. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore. I had to go. I had to go. Yeah, exactly. Great comedians. I had to do it. I was I was gonna, um, I was actually gonna pick most awesome as the winner too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had two out of the three lined up. So real quick story only because you guys know. Uh, so obviously Chris Porter. Um, yeah. Like like he should be mentioned because he's fucking hilarious, right? Not just because he's a buddy. Um, Meeting him and becoming friends with him while living in LA was was crazy, just because of how funny he is and like obviously knowing Andy and everything. Uh, when I moved to Nashville, um, my first like month here, I was dating a girl who was living in Virginia. She was going to school in uh, Norfolk, and I was flying from Nashville to Norfolk, uh, Southwest flight, and I sit next to this girl, and you know how you just get to talking to whoever's sitting with you. Um, at least I try not to, but she started talking to me and, uh, she told me, she's like, Oh, my brother's a comedian. And I was like, well, that's kind of funny. One of my friend's brother is a comedian too. And you guys like the same age, it's kind of weird. And then she, and then I didn't think anything of it until she said, my brother just did Fallon. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So your brother's like (laughs) doing pretty good. Yeah. And she goes, Oh yeah, he's, he's doing great. He's been on Fallon. Like, four or five times Jimmy said that he's his favorite comedian I was like wow okay I was like that's pretty cool then and I was like what's his name she goes Nate Bargatze no and way. I was like what she goes yeah my name's Abby I'm, I'm Abigail Bargatze I was like fucking are you nuts I was like what is it with me that like I can like move to a city meet the sister of a famous hilarious comedian and like I never got to hang out with him. I was supposed to golf with him he actually got too big to hang out with like i literally maybe two years ago she was she was texting me and she's like yeah he wants to play like come meet at this course and i was gonna meet him and then like something came up and he couldn't do it or whatever and and we were all just kind of like like yeah I'll, you know we'll, we'll we'll set it up we'll play some golf or whatever and i was like yeah but, and then i was gonna get him and chris porter together to play because chris would come to town to do uh zanies here which is the only comedy club we have and um i was like yeah i'll get Chris and Nate and we'll we'll go out and play golf and it'll be a, a, a fun time. Now he's just he's too fucking big. I'll never I'll never get to hang out with him. Now. <laughs> but I have this crazy Almost. talent. Of, I have this crazy talent of like meeting the sisters of famous comedians. Well, if you're an up and coming comedian and your sister's listening <laughs> to this podcast, yeah, hit up Anthony. Let's hang because uh, that's what I do. Uh, well, thanks for jumping on the podcast, brother. I appreciate it, especially uh, yeah. so soon after. The- <laughs> Wait, thanks, thanks, thanks for having uh, me, for sure. Real fast, uh, like 
musician, like a great one. Is there a place we can see your music or where do we go find some of the stuff that you've been releasing? Um, so the band I was with back in LA, uh, we haven't really, we started recording um, and getting back together and then COVID happened and it kind of killed it. Um, and then my, uh, my drummers, he's like the drummer for uh, Poppy. Who have ever heard of Poppy? She's, she was nominated for a Grammy last uh, last year, I want to say. So he's been on the road with her forever, and my lead singer moved back to North Carolina. So we we kind of haven't done anything since COVID started. So I don't have any new for you guys, unfortunately. But if you go to Spotify, the Heavy Heavy Hearts were up there. Um, Check it out, brother. Yeah, all right, we're we got some stuff. We been a long time, but we have some things to do. We've talked about getting back together and finishing the recordings that we were getting back on so maybe maybe within a year or so we'll have some more stuff sweet how's the golf game golf has been my new thing yeah not my new i played it a lot as a kid but like i as of a couple years ago it's all i do now sweet pretty good yeah uh well uh, it's been too long to have you on appreciate you jumping on brother yeah Uh, thanks man Brandon the Gambling Corner Championship Game Bet. All right, I want to thank Anthony for jumping on the pod. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, it was good. Good stand comedians. Good, good little curveball. Yeah, um, I was not expecting that. That was great. Not proud, not proud of my list. You know, now in hindsight, it just shows you. Like, uh, if you have time to put your head, I mean, when it was when Richard Pryor like jumped in my head after we were like doing our number twos, and I was like, and you said Chris Rock, and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. <laughs> you know what there is on these impromptu ones there is sometimes a little little near remorse where you're like oof there is well why did i say like, that yeah you're just like like josh allen in the pocket like can you like bro can you read and react like can you like get it done oh. and you're just like man i should have thrown that I, i'll tell you where i got it I, I got fucking chris or kirk cousins on it when you and xander were talking like movies and gangsters and i was like i'm out of my element right now turtle up, turtle up. up let's go just on to the next one uh all right so i'm gonna give it this is but the Chiefs fan listening aren't going to like it. Let's just cover that out of the gate. Uh, okay. I picture both of these games hard fought. Uh, what, so, I mean, you know, the do not a teaser bet works, bro. Let's cover yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we've been doing this podcast together for over four years. You broke that. it down for me. I think one of the earlier pods, somewhere in the hundred range, go back and listen to it. Audience. Yeah, check it out. It's in there somewhere. It's only 99 of them. I was hot last week. Uh, I did something like nine for 12. <sighs> Ooh. I mean that Eagles Giants game, I was dialed in. I was like, give me Giants under game. Give me Giants in game, like second half, give me under 10. I was like, give me like over 14 and a half carries for Samuels. Give me Samuels as the top running back. The only one I missed in that game is I had uh three or more field goals. And I was just like, Yes. Like, because someone kick a field goal and what's you know once they got to halftime you're just like the giants ain't kick, kicking a fucking field goal like that's yeah and it's just like eagles aren't getting stopped inside the 40 yard line so that kicking a field goal like you just tell it's just like there's that's not going to be any field goals i think there eventually was one here's what i'd like you to do here's the bet so right now we currently yeah. have the lines at um the eagles are favored by two and a half 
that Bengals Chiefs lines fluctuating a little bit. Uh, I think right now it's Bengals. I think you're getting Bengals minus one. Bengals favored by one. Eagles favored by two and a half. Uh, I want to tease. I want to do a teaser with the Eagles and the Bengals. I want to tease okay. the Eagles by six points to get Eagles plus three and a half. Usually you don't go through the zero because you're kind of wasting a point. I don't give a shit about that. I think even if the Eagles do lose, they're not losing by more than a field goal. Give me Eagles plus three and a half at home. Give me Bengals plus four and a half. Bengals are going to keep it close on this Chiefs. Like, I picture the Chiefs fighting from behind. Like, I don't picture the Chiefs winning by a touchdown. Like, the Bengals just have their number. They're going to be playing with confidence. They're very hard to stop, especially if you're not getting any pressure on them. Uh, that's minus 120 to win 100. Ooh. Eagles plus three and a half. Bengals plus four and a half. Here's what I'm doing. I'm calling my shot a little bit more. I'm going to go bigger. That's my lot. That's my lock. I'm going to go bigger. I'm doing two stream, two team parlay at plus 235. 100 wins you $235. I'm doing the Cincinnati Bengals money line and the Eagles to cover the two and a half. Eagles minus two and a half. The Bengals money line together plus 235. Take that to a little place I like to call the bank, baby. <laughs> baby. I like the two and a half at home Eagles. Head coach Nick Sirianni. Starting to grow a little on me, right? Right. The Eagles yeah. coach. I don't really give Philly Philly many compliments. Dude, not our style at all. Not our style. But very like, rough. and even start out sort of very rough because he had that pregame speech. Was like, we got to make it simpler for him, and more simple it is, the simpler it is for them to think simply. The irony about giving a monologue and bungling it about simplifying things is, I mean, it just blows your mind. It's exactly. <laughs> but you know what? It couldn't go any lower from that point. So get it out of the way. It's his Dan Campbell kneecap. Everyone was fired up on the kneecaps and then used to hang that over from us, or over our heads, right? The kneecaps biting the kneecaps. Yep. Yep. Did. How did everybody have the Eagles numbers before the season started? Everybody was high on the Eagles. The Eagles started getting so much love. Like they ended up being the favorite to win the NFC East. What did they know that we didn't? Why was that? Well, they just they were just fucking killing it with they they got AJ Brown. I mean, they immediately signed him, they got some good trades. They got a, got a bunch of good pieces. And then they're like, all right, well, we'll just build around Jalen Hurts. We'll, we've got a bevy of running backs. We're signing some. We got Darius Slay. We got all these guys, lots of guys. They got Jordan Davis, the big no sick. I don't think he really did much. Nicobe Dean, like they, they've, they've done, they've done well. Howie Roseman, the GM has, has done themselves pretty good. Yeah, then you also couple that with the kind of, I don't want to say softness of the NFL, NFC, but yeah, it's there. I just picture if Jalen Hurts came out to be like on level with like um like who's the backup in Baltimore? Oh, uh Tyrone Huntley or yeah. Huntley? Yeah, I thought yeah. if he's gonna be on level like a Huntley, I didn't know he's gonna go fucking just... Hey man, it's because it's simple. It's a simple offense. They simply think about first downs very simply. Simply fucking cooking with simply gas, safe, right? baby. That's the that's the part like do says well no be be on the safe side don't get crazy do eagles do the teaser eagles plus three and a half Bengals plus four and a half one twenty wins you hundred all right MVP of the week um, I'm just gonna play the hits right here uh, I'm gonna give it to Chad Henney I think I cannot overlook keeping the Chiefs postseason vibes alive the Chiefs hosting five AFC championships in a row yeah they, pretty amazing they need to get that second chip to really make to get legacy status. Don't you agree? I mean, to like talk like franchise, yeah. 
legacy team, get that second chance. But uh, five in a they, row, they like, hosting five five championship games. That's gonna be that's gonna be one of those quiet records that are gonna be hard to hard to touch. And be and it's and it's crazy because Chad Henney had significant moments in both of those runs, like in that Browns game, right? Fucking oh yeah, getting it? yeah. 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 Like he came off the put when he got the, when Mahomes got dinged up. I mean, Chad Henney and the Mahomes. That's what we're talking right. about. It's QB controversy 2024. Um, all right. So we don't, I, folks, you know, you probably said it. You said it, oh, f- football. You guys, all you guys talking. We're not a football podcast. My MVP, I'm going out to Jonathan Isaacs, my Orlando Magic forward who has missed 900 days due to injury. He tore his ACL. Remember when we did the bubble? Remember for that, for the NBA finals or the playoffs. So Torres ACL in the finals, had some injury setbacks, some hamstring issues, had surgery, uh, finally played on the 23rd. So that was last night as we're recording this on the 23rd against Boston, came in off the bench, played 10 minutes at 10 points, a couple threes, knocked down some shots, first NBA action. So good on you. Wow, sir. Yeah, not easy to make the league and then to have a big injury almost take you out of it. So to yeah. get in there, put in some some honest minutes. That's good. We're not just a football podcast. We'll bring some NBA next week. We got like yeah. the bye week coming up. Just get yeah. ready for then, then after then after the Super Bowl, straight into the NFL offseason. <laughs> right there. We got barely, barely time to jump into it. Guys, it's been MAB Sports Podcast episode 251. Had Anthony on. Check out his music, The Heavy, Heavy Hearts. Want to thank him for jumping on. Uh, I am Brian Dana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Uh, this one goes specifically to Anthony. I know we asked you some hard questions on who you rather w- root for, the Chiefs or the Bengals going forward. We did forget to also ask you a question. Who do you root for more, uh, the ex-girlfriend that cheated on you or Rick, your new stepdad? Style. Fame. She likes fashion. Oh.